This is Sounds About Right, a University of Dayton Human Rights Center podcast where we dive into human rights issues in our world. We engage with student voices, uncover the truth from on and off campus partners, and share resources to the student body. Let's get started. Hi, my name is Ami. I'm a third year human rights studies and English double major, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Hi, my name is Mercy John, pronouns she, her. I'm a third year student and I double major in international studies and human rights studies. Hi, my name is Leticia Deleon, my pronouns are she, her, and I am a graduate assistant for the Human Rights Center and I'm studying master's in business administration. Hi everyone, my name is Ali. I'm a third year human rights studies and criminal justice major and I go by she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Aries. I'm a first year visual arts major and I use he, him pronouns. Content warning. The following podcast contains material related to sexual violence that may be harmful or traumatizing to some audiences. If you need assistance, please reach out to the University of Dayton Counseling Center. Sounds About Right Season 1 focuses on sexual violence and prevention, both on college campuses and in the city of Dayton. As college students, the reality of sexual violence is present in our everyday lives and oftentimes feels overlooked by those in power. Hi, how do you feel about sexual assault on UD's campus? It sucks. Thank you very much. According to the American Sociological Association, 13% of college and graduate students report non-consensual sexual contact by physical force or an inability to consent, a 2019 study of approximately 182,000 students, with the highest rates occurring among female undergraduate students, 25.9%, and college students who identify as gay, transgender, or non-binary, 22.8%. Just a disclaimer that everything that we talk about in this episode is our opinion about the topic that we are discussing at hand. Um, We haven't interviewed anybody quite yet, so we don't have all the facts and information that we need um, to reflect on this topic. All right. All right, everybody. I'm super excited to start this off. Um, but for to start off our conversation, like, why did we start with such a sensitive issue um, for our podcast? Does anybody want to start? No, <laughs> 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 you all just broke. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess like being on a college campus, um, especially being like a female or like women presenting or just anyone in general being on a college campus, it is something that you need to be made aware of, especially if it's like, you you never know who you're around, even if you make friends and things like that. And even as safe as they say the campus will be and how they can take care of it, you just never really know what's going on. So I think it's good to like, not only bring awareness to the issue, but also, you know, um, make people known of like the resources and things that they can go to if unfortunately this does occur to them. Yeah, I feel, like when we were talking about what issues we wanted to discuss on this podcast something that was brought up was the emails we seem to get so frequently mm-hmm. from the university yeah. about accounts of sexual assault or sexual violence that students here um, have gone through or have reported and being an average student personally speaking and i know talking to different friends on campus there's not a lot of information other than that and so it can feel really scary to not have a lot of the facts or the resources about the case. So I think this is really important for students on campus to learn about and hear about. I mean, and even then, the emails don't cover the unreported cases that are also there that don't get reported because people believe that they're not gonna get believed. And I think what's interesting is that like all of our responses, like we see a need for something like this and we didn't see, there's not like 
really clubs on campus or things like that where you can just go and have this conversation these are hard-hitting conversations and it's hard to get through them but in order to see progress within our own campus and our own communities we have to have this so i think that was the real reason why we were like we have to do something about sexual assault yeah i definitely do see the need and the desire from students and i think us talking about it now will get other people like be more comfortable about talking to administration to other organizations on campus departments about what they want, what they desire, and maybe get some more information, and hopefully we can uncover some more things for people and give them a little more sense of closure, I feel like, a little bit, but maybe just start a whole ripple effect on, like, broadening this conversation. Um, but what is your feelings on sexual assault issues on UD's campus? I feel like it's becoming, like, more and more of a problem as time has progressed. Um, like, both reported and unreported cases, I mean, the reason why we have PAVE at all is because of these um and as someone who is a who is a fab it does make me worry about walking through especially the student neighborhood at night yeah i think that um from like personal experience with like friends and stuff they just don't see like ud as being very i don't know comforting in that way like mm -hmm. they don't see a need to go and report or do anything because they feel like there's not going to be anything that's really done because one they have to see the person all the time that's mm -hmm. sad though so they don't feel like they're actually being heard in that way yeah. yeah i feel like so much of it has to do with a lot of the students here and backgrounds and like really religious mm -hmm. and even specifically catholic upbringings or catholic institutions where they weren't taught about issues like consent um, or being able to freely express your sexuality and so they find themselves in these situations once they're in college and on their own and then there seems to be a lack of resources for them once it has gone that far. It's like an uncharted territory for them. Mm -hmm. It's like them trying to learn something that maybe other people weren't completely aware of like the whole, the whole entire life and I think that's can be a difference between either public or private institutions as well. But and I also think that not only is it like we've talked about how you have to see the people on campus, there also is I know I know friends that have been like assaulted by people who are like their townies or they're off campus, but their friends keep bringing them on campus. So it's like if you have friends that or or if you know people that are in like power or like popular, quote unquote, even though I don't know how that exists at a university campus, it still is hard to you know, go about your day knowing, oh, okay, so this happened, but I can't tell anyone because I'm gonna get a backlash because they are popular, whether that be like they're in a frat or they're in a sorority, or I don't wanna be shunned, especially in like the black community. Mm -hmm. Like, especially if you're in Mech and something happens, everyone's gonna know your business. Even though Mech is a very, you know, loving place, um, it is still jarring that to think that, okay, because the community is so small, there is a chance that everyone's gonna know or a good majority of people are gonna know and then you have to walk into a space that may feel comfortable for you and just know that people know your business and things like that. How do we feel about the phrase boys will be boys? I think it's a ridiculous statement. Uh, I'm gonna say it flat out right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it just, I'm trying to find a good way to phrase it. Um, I think you should just, just phrase it how you I feel like, like. <laughs> boys are raised the way that they are. Um, because they're 
their parents were raised that way too. So it just mm-hmm. it's a generational like just cycle mm-hmm. um, that I feel needs to be broken, and it it creates a lot of predators that don't need to exist. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this could be very much prevented if we actually socialized um, AMAB children to be decent towards women or just AFAB people in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the way that boys um, are like socialized to think about sex um, is just so different the way that young girls are socialized to think about sex and you can see it here like if you talk to a group of guys on campus you know or you just listen in on their conversations it's so clear in that and the the complete lack of accountability they face um Mm -hmm. to like disrespecting women or um just like the concept of sex in general you know and i think that that perpetuates a lot of it too I think it creates a lot of complacency. Like, I always oh, think absolutely. of the quote from Mean Girls, and she's like, there are two types of evil people, people who do evil things and people who watch people do those evil things. And I think right. that that phrase embodies that because when we say boys will be boys, then it's like you can sit back and be like, okay, well, they're going to do what they're going to do. But it's like we have to hold them accountable, like you mm-hmm. said, because then it's like you can create that culture on campus that I can do whatever I want. To whoever I want, and there's no consequences. Right. And I, not to bring Twitter into this, but I, <laughs> no, no, but I, just, I saw this tweet and it was like, um, guys, like the way they go about sex and like going up to women is they don't, they think it's okay, but it's like it's either borderline or it is either rape or sexual assault. And then that, that also goes back to like, boys will always be boys and you're not checking your homeboys because you mm-hmm. think it's okay or you think that's how it's supposed to be. So it goes back to what Ami was saying in the quote and everything like that. Now you're being a bystander. So, you know, you're as, um, what's that word? You're as um, complacent, complacent mm-hmm. as, you know, the guy who's doing the things as well. I mean, I also find that grade school dress codes, which can be a whole other topic for a different day, because that's also bullshit. It's part of my language. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But, like, I feel like that conditions boys to treat, like, women's shoulders or, like, midriffs as distractions, even though the reality is that they're not. And generally, it's male teachers that are pointing it out, which is just a whole other thing of why, why are you booking yeah that's a good topic too i will say though um there's a very silent group of individuals on the like boys that call out their homeboys Mm -hmm. on like what they do but then they got get shot down by their other guys like Mm -hmm. no it's normal it's fine like why are you why are you getting upset Mm -hmm. um so kind of like maybe like trying to uplift those people that are speaking out like be okay with getting called out i think that's one big thing is like when you are called out, like, listen to people. Why are you being called out? Like, why is, why are people reacting the way they are? So probably, like, sitting back and taking a backward understanding of, like, why is the situation unfolding the way it is? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I would definitely, I know some cases where people call people out, but then it just gets messy and people don't react the way they should be reacting. So that's, like, a whole different thing that needs to happen afterwards. But... Do we think that the alcohol culture on campus perpetuates rape culture? Yes, absolutely. Um, I know UD is considered, it's kind of known as a party school, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like the alcohol makes everything worse. Um, 
Like, because, like, if you're intoxicated, you cannot consent. I don't care if you're the one that's um, raping the person or if you're the person that's being raped. It, you can't consent to any of it. But I think to say that is to say that, like, alcohol is, like, the main reason why we're having that mm-hmm. issue, and it's not. It's so not. it's, like, it's okay to engage in those things moderately, but I just don't think it's the driving factor or the main factor on this campus it's for sexual assault. a factor. Like, yeah, it's, it's for sure. There, but it's not the main one. And I also think, like, especially for underclassmen, they're just trying to get a free drink, so it's not necessarily like. Well, I know a lot of them. A lot of my babies are very smart, um, <laughs> but you know, some of them do just go into it as okay. I'm just gonna go to the student neighborhood, or I'm gonna go to Art Taco. I'm gonna see who can get me a drink. Not really thinking like obviously like you're taught, you know, don't drink a drink that's open and things like that. But if you're at a party and people are just handing you like white claws or something like that, you think it's fine, but it's like you are running the risk of it getting spiked. And what Ami was saying, like, it's not the driving factor behind what's, like, the rape culture on campus, but I do think that alcohol does play a big role in it, especially, like, with people who can't buy their own alcohol. Yeah. I also think it could be considered something that covers the main issue. Like, you could Mm -hmm. directly blame it, saying this is the main concern. And maybe if you, like, look at it from, like, an administrative lens, maybe you can be, like, reduced parties, don't have like these big block parties at this, but I think there's a deeper cultural learning issue that people need to understand because like you learn these things. It's not something you like are innate born with. So I definitely think that um, having more open conversations, um, being able to talk about these cases and the responses to it, having a statement from administration saying these actions are not right and we're standing by those who have gone through it and that are surviving past that and like event that happened to them, but also just um, it shouldn't just come from the student side. It should mm-hmm. also come from the adults that are um, responsible for our education because we know that college is not just education, going to classes, having fun, meeting friends. It's everything. You are learning everything. So if you come out of college not learning what is right, you're going to continue doing the things that are incorrect moving forward mm-hmm. or if you're a person that believes that no one's ever going to help you you're never going to get that help if something happens outside of college either so there's multiple negatives to it mm-hmm. if it's not talked about um anybody else have anything else i mean i feel as though with enough pushback from the student body ud will make a change mm-hmm. it's it's happened in the past so i don't see why it wouldn't happen again right um and i guess it kind of jumps to the next question um, how do we feel about the transparency or lack thereof about sexual assault on this campus? I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> BFFR. <laughs> I just, especially lack thereof, I feel like there's not a lot of resources for people who have been raped, whether they're, I can't speak, whether they have reported it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for AMAB students who don't get believed because, mm-hmm. you know, they're supposed to be the pe- perpetuators of this whole debacle. Um, but they get raped too. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to like, rephrase the entire sentence to go with it. But, like, I feel as though there's not enough resources on campus for people who are to either report 
or don't, um, especially for students who are male presenting or are born male or are assigned. Um, and they feel as though they're not going to get believed because they're supposed to be the professors of this whole thing debacle, even though mm-hmm. women can absolutely rape people. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's like not a lot of accessibility for the average student on campus mm-hmm. to access the resources that you're talking about because it's like we hear like, yes, there's resources. Yes, you can do this. If you need to report, you can do this. You can go to UD Pays. But it's like, if I don't know where to look, then I'm not going to because that's just I'm not even in the headspace to do that Mm -hmm. because I'm thinking about the event that happened Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about running into the person exactly so I just feel like there needs to it needs to be a lot more accessible of the resources that are there yeah I think that a lot of it has to do with a little bit of a lack of education about what exactly sexual assault or sexual violence is you know um For a lot of people, if it's not explicit rape, it could be sexual coercion, sexual violence, sexual assault at a party. And if a student isn't aware of the resources that are available to them or how to proceed with that uncomfortable feeling, um, then it really just halts the entire process and leaves a lot of survivors unhealed. I mean, even just sexual harassment or Mm -hmm. harassment in general is prevalent on this campus. Like it's terrifying mm-hmm. I would say like even no even having the resources though I feel like again going back to the culture it's like you're scared to do it one because you won't have the support from your friends and or mm-hmm. um, anybody who works for the campus like faculty um, but also I know I've heard stories as well where like even like officers are like are you sure you want to go through this process because it's mm-hmm. long and it's lengthy and it's this but like kind of giving people the comfort that it's okay if you are in this headspace to be able to go through with it like to sit through that process because at the end of the day like you're making people more aware of the situation but I know once we interview like the title nine office representative will have more information on like reports how to report how much like the university can tell us about different cases um, and what the laws and legal regulations are on that. Um, but definitely there is a little bit more that can be done there. That's fine. Um, just kind of our conversation kind of led into this, but um, moving forward with the next episodes, we are going to be interviewing professionals in the field, those who are really well-rounded with the topic, um, just to give us some more information on Um, what's happening on campus, what's happening around in the community, what resources we might have. Um, And then later on, we'll be reflecting, um, especially those who are interviewed, those individuals, like reflect on what we've learned and how that might help students in the future and feel more comfortable with this conversation. Thanks for tuning in to our first episode on sexual violence on college campuses. The following section includes responses from students on campus regarding their thoughts on sexual violence. How do you feel about sexual assault on UD's campus? Um, wow. Um, I feel like that is, it's kind of a problem because you see all the, like, the emails and stuff we get all the time and I just think that it's something that we don't really have any resources around that could really help people that have been sexually assaulted and kind of things like that, that they need to have the resources to help themselves to be able to get past things like that, to kind of like 
almost more of like a recovery kind of standpoint like that. It's almost kind of like a PTSD at that point once you had had something like that happen. It's kind of hard to, I don't know, like, I don't say re-enter society, but almost kind of like something like that. I think it is unspoken, but it happens all the time. You know, no matter what the email says, you know, safety advisory, sexual assault on campus, and usually it's known to the woman or man. And so I really think that having more opportunities like this to speak about it is really important because it's unspoken. Yeah. And as someone who has, you know, been a sexually assaulted on campus, it's nice to see like advocacy like this because it's a support to me and all the other survivors and just reaffirming that like what happened happened and it's not okay. So it's good to have UD like support causes like that. Uh, as a man, I have not experienced it firsthand, uh, nor do have many of my friends, but I know it does occur uh, and it'd be great if we had more resources for it. Um, I think sexual assault is a huge problem on this campus, um, both reported and unreported. Um, I think there's a big culture of like accepting like guys will be guys and like creepy behavior um, and it's a real problem. So how do you feel about sexual assault on this campus? I feel like it's a really big problem right now. The numbers are just really bad and it's like, especially someone who works at the Human Rights Center, it's really sad to see that stuff happen, but it's also good that there's a lot of clubs like making an effort to try and stop it. So hopefully there's a lot of collaboration between that stuff and it's really good to see that there's a lot of campus recognizing it. I think it happens a lot on campus, however, it's not uh, resolved or nothing has further progressed on how to avoid it or how to um, eliminate it on campus. Um, I think it might not be addressed enough because I think when people like say the word community, they feel like it might not happen at UD, but I think it happens here just as much as other schools, but it isn't addressed that way. Yeah, I definitely just to add to that, I would agree that it's just not talked about enough and I think there should be more ways on campus that we can raise awareness together. Thank you guys. Our next episode will be released March 3rd.